0: Today, we invite you to join Bishop Robert Barron as he preaches the gospel and shares the warmth and light of Christ with each one of us. Peace be with you. Friends, in the gospel for today, someone asked Jesus, which commandment is the greatest? And he replied readily, without hesitation, in the manner of a pious Jew, by reciting the Shema. The Shema is a prayer derived from a passage in the sixth chapter of the book of Deuteronomy. The church helpfully couples that passage with our gospel for today. Here is the Shema. I'll say it in Hebrew. I'll say it probably the way Jesus would have said it. Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad. It means, hear, O Israel. The Lord our God is Lord alone. This is the fundamental statement of Israelite religion. Everything else is a footnote or commentary. Israelites are those who believe in Yahweh, the one God. And there follows from this basic belief a moral imperative. And here's how the Shema goes on. And Jesus repeats it. Therefore, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Devout Jews were enjoined to recite the Shema morning and night as they rose and went to bed. In fact, the Christian practice of morning prayer and evening prayer mimics this custom. They were enjoined to recite it as their last words before they closed their eyes in death. They were to pass it on to their children, drilling it into them. They were to carry a parchment containing these words on their foreheads, wearing it on their arms, putting it outside their doorpost. This was the defining prayer, the defining belief that must never be forgotten. And it holds, as I suggested, a great importance for Christians as well, precisely because Jesus himself, at this very solemn moment, asked the greatest of the commandments, reiterates it word for word. We Christians, too, claim, or better, are claimed by this great prayer. So what does it mean? Notice the first word Shema. Listen. Listen. We are, above all, a people called upon to listen to God's word. We don't set our own agenda, we don't determine our own path, we don't write our own story. I know, as I've said before to you, this is the great program of modernity. We've been taught this in a million ways. Freedom, self-determination. I write my own story on my own terms. But see, all of that is antipathetic to the Shema. We are placed by it in the passive voice. We are spoken to by a power outside of ourselves. Listen, listen, Shema. Hear, O Israel. What do we hear? The Lord your God. Hmm. The Lord your God. God is not some vague force, some generic spiritual energy, some presence in the deep background of your life, not something you can tap into when you feel like it. There's the fantasy of pantheism in all its forms, a vague mysticism. Think of Ralph Waldo Emerson. The goal of the spiritual life is to get in touch with this oversoul, this all-embracing spiritual energy. Nor is God a distant supreme being a deist designer who brought the universe into existence a long time ago and then retired to write his memoirs. Listen, neither one of those gods is Lord. Both of those gods can be set aside rather easily, ignored rather readily. Neither Emerson in his pantheism nor Benjamin Franklin and Thomas Jefferson in their deism set the tone for our religion. Rather, the God we believe in, the God we listen to, is Adonai, Lord. Commander, ruler, governor, the one who seizes us and makes a demand upon us who involves himself intimately in the affairs of the world, the one who calls for our total obedience. That's, of course, all the word obedience means. Obedire in the Latin is to listen. Shema, shema, listen, hear, O Israel. Be obedient, O Israel, to the demand of the Lord God. What do we know about this, Lord? That he is one. Ehad. He's one. There's the heart of it, isn't it? Hero Israel, the Lord your God, is Lord alone. Joseph Ratzinger, now Pope Benedict XVI, argued that whenever we state our faith in the one God, and we do it in the creed, don't we, every week? Credo in unum deum, I believe in one God. That's our version of the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is Lord alone. Whenever we proclaim our belief in the one God, we make a subversive statement. For we undermine the claim of anyone else or anything else to be absolute. No country, no president. No prime minister, no culture, no book, no person, no political party is absolute, but only God. Credo in unum deum. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is Lord alone. The unity of God is, for Jews and Christians, not simply a theoretical claim, as correct theoretically as it is. It's an enormously important spiritual and existential claim. It shapes the whole of your life. Now, what are the behavioral implications of this radical monotheism? That we must love this Lord with the entirety of our being. He must be, in some very real sense, the only One that we love. The One that we love above all things with our whole heart, Our whole soul and all of our strength. Take those specifications one by one. The Shema says we must love him with our whole heart. You know what that means? With the totality of our emotions and our desires. We must love God with the totality of our emotions and our desires. Well, how's that possible? It's possible since God is the source, the ground, and the goal of all things. As I've often said, God the Lord is not one being among many. Not even the supreme being. That's the wrong way to think about God. But God as the creative source of all that is is under, in, and through all things. And therefore, listen, even as we desire them, we desire particular things, we can desire God in, through, and under them. Example. Do you desire to watch a baseball game? Some lazy Saturday afternoon, you sit down in your comfortable chair to watch a ball game? Good! Nothing wrong with that. That's a good desire. But in light of the Shema, see the beauty and complexity of that game which is beguiling your mind and delighting your will. See the beauty and complexity of that game as reflective of the perfection of God's being. Do you desire a delicious dinner? Good. Nothing wrong with that. But appreciate the food as something that strengthens you for God's service. More to it, savor it as a foretaste of the delight of heaven. You can love God, desire God, even as you desire worldly things. Do you long for justice? Do you desire political righteousness? Good, but see them as King did as Gandhi did, as John Paul II did. See them as reflections of God who is justice itself. See them as flowing from the demand of God and leading back to the worship and praise of God. Do you desire another person? Good. Are your emotions stirred up by someone else? Fine. But listen, see that spouse or that friend as a gift from God. Someone who's meant to lead you to God. Love God in, through, and under everything. Next, the Shema says, love the Lord your God with your whole soul. What's the soul? But that explicitly spiritual aspect of yourself. Where do your religious energies go? Oh, for too many of us today, they run after false gods. They chase after all sorts of beguiling spiritual possibilities. But your soul, that deepest spiritual part of you, must be directed to the true God, not chasing after false gods held up to you by the culture. Finally, we're told to love the Lord our God with all our strength. The Hebrew suggests, with all of our resources, with all that we have. We love God with our soul, yes, our spiritual energy. We love God with our heart, yes, with all that we desire. But now we're meant to love God with all that we have. Does it mean necessarily that we have to give it all away in the manner of the great saints and so on. No, not necessarily. But it does mean this, I think, that whatever we have, we should always be deeply mindful of the fact that it's come to us from God as a gift and is meant, ultimately, to serve God's purposes. Whatever you have in terms of material wealth, worldly privilege and honor, doesn't belong to you. It came to you from God and exists for the praise of God. Hear, O Israel, hear, O church, hear, O Christians, the Lord your God is Lord alone. Therefore, love him with your whole desire. Love him with your whole soul. Love him with all that you have. Let the Shema surround you. And God bless you. Thank you for listening to this week's homily from Bishop Robert Barron. For more resources from Bishop Barron, please visit wordonfire.org.